0: We are back this week, and we got a great guest with Mr. Paul O'Neill working for the Yes Network in between double headers Stop's about to talk a little bit of baseball and all things. Really, Paul O'Neill. We got the NBA playoffs have started. We got fans back in attendance, that and much, much more. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad and the Mark with my boys. Mr. Brown. And? Biggie. No Canadian this time? Not this time. You league. rat bastard. I'm upset. Say Canadian Biggie. Canadian Biggie is hot. It's humid here. <laughs> it has been nice. You know what? If I wouldn't have came down here earlier and helped do like trim work and things like that, I could have been swimming all day, you know? Make friends with the neighbor, or are you going to the old man's? Oh, I'm good to go to the old man's. The neighbors, they're old, and they got saggy skin. I'm just not <laughs> down with that. <laughs> is there a star on their front porch? There's plenty of that at the old man's <laughs> wow. as well, I'm just saying. There is, but at least he's family. Yeah, and, true. and you know, he he's not afraid to have a few adult libations while we, you know, swim and recreate or whatnot. He doesn't. <laughs> Mr. Brown, you on vacation this week? Yeah, I guess you can call I, I haven't <laughs> been to work. <laughs> Were you fired? <laughs> no. I ain't that lucky. Yeah, you, you want that unemployment, Pretty money. Soon I will be getting rid of the Mr. Brown nickname. <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, what are your plans all week? Like, are you working at all this week? No, man. So you're just getting massages and that's it. Yeah, just doing podcasts.
1: I'm just getting massages, talking to five-time all-stars and mowing my grass. I'm just chilling, man.
0: All right. So, you know, I mentioned it in the intro, so we got Paul O'Neill coming up in a second. And. And you know what? We, we were so lucky to catch him because he happened to have a doubleheader today. And if you don't know, Paul O'Neill, who played for the Reds, played for the Yankees, I don't play, I don't think he played for anybody else. No, he didn't. And, and, you know, he works for the Yes Network. And, you know, we just happened to catch him in between games. Thank God for COVID. And he's at home where he can take our call for a half hour. I mean, is that where we're at now? We're just trying to bother people between doubleheaders? If that's what we got to do, man, but it worked.
1: And he was very uh, respectful and he didn't feel like, he didn't make us feel like we were
2: bothering him at all. (laughs) Nah, it was one of the best interviews we've had. It was like the uh, six degrees of Tom Browning.
0: it it was you know what we and we had to bring up tom browning on the interview because it all kind of tied together and paul O'Neill remembered fondly about being part of a perfect game right? right but you guys are gonna have to listen to the interview to to get all that and we we put it all up on facebook so don't forget we are available in all aspects of social media you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter we suck at twitter but we're on instagram too all that stuff's there facebook we're at the drive for 10k we're close. And this is after the Pakistan and then Facebook for a, a capital insurgent meme <laughs> and all kinds we of stuff. We gotta let it go that
1: we would probably be at ADK right now. Yeah,
0: I mean, we'd be but. well over 100,000 people, but you know what? Our podcast listeners are still strong, so if you're listening to this show, we appreciate you guys, and if this is the first time you found it, make sure you subscribe, make sure you catch every episode, and if you don't like it, just shut up and don't tell anybody how much we suck, but if you do like it, tell all your friends, tell your family, tell your firstborn, tell whoever, and make sure they're subscribing as well, because we got good content every week, man. It's all sports. I
1: got a feeling we're going to have a uh, huge bump from Cincinnati and Yankees fans. We
0: we just might. I mean, Paul O'Neill was a a fun conversation. Uh, But Before we play uh, the Tom, or I was going to say Tom Brown, and we already talked to him once before we play the Paul O'Neill interview, I was going to ask you, I had a fun trivia question. I just thought of this a little bit earlier today. I was listening to some other shows out there. I I just want to see if you guys can answer this correctly. NFL. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he He's probably played on more teams than anybody, right? What team did he spend the most time on? Buffalo Bills.
1: I was going to say that, but I'm going to go with... Ooh.
0: There's no wrong answers except for the ones that are actually wrong.
1: Did he play for the Titans?
0: Uh, he He played for <laughs> the Rams... Buffalo, Tennessee, Houston, the Jets, Tampa Bay, and Miami. I'm going Tennessee. He only played Tennessee one year, but he, you know, Buffalo was four years. That is the winner. So, good job, Biggie. You win. Anyway, I I thought that was great that, you know, he's just, you know, probably used to changing teams more than anybody else. But – Paul O'Neill is not used to changing teams. He's only been on two and he got traded when that happened. So it wasn't even by choice. But anyway, we want you guys to enjoy the interview. Mr. Paul O'Neill, five-time all-star and member of the Yes Broadcast Network joins us now. Here is Paul O'Neill taking time out of a doubleheader to talk to us about a little things here and there. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, you know, we've actually had a run of, of a lot of baseball talent here lately and, I don't know if I want to say this guy's a baseball talent. He might be better in the booth now on the mic. I don't know. It depends on your, your perspective, but we got a couple interesting questions to ask him because he might be witness of something that no other man has witnessed before. So either way, we're bringing longtime MLB great. I think he's what a, a five time, five time all star. That's right. All right. Yeah. So Paul O'Neill joins the show. Paul, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. We're doing all right. It's a little humid, you know, finally feels like summertime a little bit. So hopefully, uh, you know, you're, you're staying cool wherever you're at. But man, <laughs> we, we, we appreciate you giving us a, a short amount of time today because we know it's baseball season. And even though you're not playing anymore, remind everybody what keeps you so busy right now.
3: Well, I work with the ES Broadcasting System, which is the Yankee Network, and uh, I do their color. Uh, I do most of the games. Uh, it's a really weird time in life. Everybody knows that. So uh, At this point, still doing it virtually uh, with the people in the stadium. So, uh, you know, calling a game from home uh, it, at the end of the day, you know, when you walk downstairs, it's great. But not feeling the fans and feeling the emotion of the game, it, it's been very weird.
1: I'd say so. I mean, like, so is there a a timeline when you're going to be able to head back to Yankee stadium or is this is uh, up in the air still?
3: Well, it, it, it's up in the air, but I think there is a timeline of, of, of the all-star break. I, I think they want the talent to be back in the, the stadium. They, they continue to add more people in. Uh, it is getting much more normal with fans in the stadium, uh, you know, full spring training. I mean, it's uh it feels like baseball season is here again. So uh I would expect uh, by the all-star break that everybody will be back at the stadium.
0: You know, I would take your time because they just opened up all the fans back to these NBA playoff games. And in New York specifically, they got a little uh, little boisterous there with the opposing team. Now, the good thing is when you're home, you ain't got to worry about that. But maybe let them calm down there for a few weeks and then go
3: back. You know what? It was fun. I, I did watch a little of Nick's last night. Uh, and, you know, just to see the fans in the stands again, it, it feels like real sports. And, uh, you know, that's that's neat. And, you know, I, I just called some games down in Texas where they had 100 uh, percent occupancy of the, of the stands, too. So uh, I, I don't know that the fans realize how much the players uh, feed off the, you know, the excitement of the fans and the people being there. Uh, you know, when you dream about playing major league baseball in these big stadiums, uh, you dream about playing in front of fans. You don't dream about just walking in and playing in an empty stadium. So it feels much more normal, much more natural uh, with with people in the stands, kids in the stands. That's what makes baseball baseball.
1: So, so let's keep with one last question about the broadcast booth. You as a player. Now you're in the broadcast booth. Was it an easy transition for you? And if if not, what was something you may struggle with initially?
3: Well, I mean, when you're um, a baseball player, sure, you can look out in the field and explain certain plays. But, uh, you know, for a while, you don't know where to look. You don't know what camera's on. You don't know what's going on. But uh, I would say the first two or three years was very strange for me because basically you still feel like you can you can still go out and do the things that are necessary to play a baseball game. And, and now you're so far away from the game. I mean, my last game was game seven of the 2001 World Series. So you're so far away from the game that you're almost watching it from a fan's perspective. You know, you're explaining what's going on and things like that. But uh, it's much more enjoyable in the booth now than immediately after the game. Because right when you get out of the game, you're like, you know, did I mis- make a mistake? Should I still be out of the field? This I or play that? with these guys.
1: Yeah. 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 I, so, one question I thought, or I thought this was nuts. So you're the only player in major league history that's been involved in three perfect games. You had Browning in '88. We actually had him on our show last year. And um, uh-huh. you had, uh, I believe it was Boomer in '8 or '98, and then David Cohn in '99.
3: Right, right, yeah. That uh, a lot of people bring that up, and to me, it, it, what the only thing it means is I was on good teams with good pitching. I mean, <laughs> <so Yeah. laughs> unless you make the diving play. Uh, you know, to save the perfect game. But I was fortunate enough to to make a play in David Cohn's game, and I was fortunate enough uh, in David Wells' perfect game to to catch the last out, Tom Browning in Cincinnati. But it it is a weird thing that it's never happened. But, again, I was very fortunate to be part of really good teams with good pitching.
0: Now you gave that ball to him, right?
3: Uh, You know, it's funny. I came in with uh, the (laughs) ball with Boomer, and I said – oh, I threw that ball in
1: the stands, and he, like, grabbed me. I'm like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So we have a ton of Reds following because we're, we're right here in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, so we're about three hours from Cincinnati. We, mm-hmm. I was actually just there this past weekend. Um, but can you give us a little bit of insight to that 1990 season? Because the A's, you played them, you swept them. They were actually the huge favorite, probably one of the biggest upsets in World Series history. And y'all you you all just come in and whip that ass and sweep them. Well, I, got uh, that.
3: I got that Wheaties box still. <laughs> you know, it was strange because we had just come through the playoffs uh, and beating uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates in a, you know, that's back when you only had one playoff before you went to the World Series. So we had an unbelievable playoff against a really good Pirates team. And then, you know, all right, now we're in the World Series. And you're right. We were playing the big, bad Oakland A's. Mark McGuire and uh, Conseco and Harold Baines. And, you know, it just it went on and on. And we were huge underdogs. And it all changed uh, the first inning of the first game when Eric Davis hit a home run off Dave Stewart. And all of a sudden you realize, you know, we, got, we can beat these guys. And then we kind of stole game two. And then, you know, a lot of people don't realize it because when you sweep somebody on paper, it looks like a total blowout. But we would have had big, big-time issues if we didn't close that series out on Game 4 because Eric Davis dove for a ball, our best player, and he was done. He he uh, lacerated a kidney, so he would have been out of Game 5. Billy Hatcher, our hottest hitter, uh, had hurt his hand. It got hit in the hand. So, you know, we were going to be minus two of our best players if we didn't close that game out in Game 4. But, uh, you know, when you – look back at Cincinnati Reds baseball, you're still waiting back to get back to the world series with these teams. And still people talk about the nineties and sure we had great players. I mean, Barry Larkin's a hall of famer. You had Chris Saber with third base. Um, you know, Eric Davis was a great player in center field, but uh, you know, you're still waiting for that. Uh, you know, I grew up in Ohio. So uh, you're still waiting for that period of time. Like I grew up with, with the big red machine where, you know, you were going to the playoffs in the world series every single year. And uh, that's what, has been fun with the Yankees and in New York because that, that's what they expect. But it's a long time waiting for the Reds right now. I and, mean, you know, I wish them the best, obviously. I really,
0: I'm really i really glad you brought that up. Thanks a lot, Paul. I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Truth sometimes doesn't hurt, but you know what? They, <laughs> that one they got off to a good start. It just seems like they figure out where they are and they, they can't hold on. But, you know, the, the Castellinis, who, who own the team, are are very, very interested in trying to make this team win. And uh, sooner or later, mark my word, they'll be back. It's just, uh, might be later than sooner, but <laughs> we'll yeah,
0: see. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, I'm just, just gonna sit here and enjoy it while I can. But, you know, one day, one day we'll be back.
1: All right. And, and this past weekend, you know, as a Braves fan, I, went, I was a Cincinnati and saw the Reds Hall of Fame. And as a, just a baseball fan, it's a first class exhibit because three, three levels, All that history in Cincinnati, I mean, you get goosebumps just as a baseball fan just walking in there. And uh, I had to get a bed red machine to put on the the studio wall back there, of course.
3: (laughs) You know what? Cincinnati was a a very cool organization for me to grow up in. I mean, the traditional organization, going through the minor leagues. And, you know, when I got called up in 1985, I mean, you still had Pete Rose was the manager. and, And Ken Griffey played. And Tony Perez and Concepcion were still there. So you know the names go on i mean there is a lot of history in baseball in cincinnati and uh, you know they're dying to to get back to uh, the fans i'm talking about are dying to get back to those days where uh, you know you can root for your team in the world series
0: All right. so you ended up going to the yankees and and what's tell us a little bit about the just the differences in the organizations what the culture was like for both teams and you know you're obviously still a yankee really now so like what what is it about that organization being on the inside that, that brought you in so much?
3: Well, I mean, when I was traded, I was I was upset. I was born and raised in Ohio, so I'm sure I was upset because when you're traded, you're kind of in the back of your mind thinking I'm not good enough to play here, so they sent me somewhere else. So, um, you know, when I was traded over there, I, I went at the absolutely perfect time. The, the Yankees weren't hadn't won in a while. We were just turning it around as a team. I didn't realize, uh, you know, the, the the traditions and the culture of the New York Yankees. And it's not just have a good season, it's, it's win the World Series or you didn't have a good season. And, you know, from my first spring training, meeting the likes of Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford. <laughs> and you talk about goosebumps. I mean, yeah. th- these are names that are just synonymous with uh, the history of baseball. So. Uh, being part of that, uh, I'll never forget. Being part of four world championships, I'll never forget. Uh, it, it's like two separate careers. You know, I went from Cincinnati and I, I I love the city. I love the team. I love winning. But when I went to New York, I realized uh, what winning and how important it is and how many people are involved in the winning and the millions and millions of people that are Yankee fans. It doesn't matter if you're at home or if you're in a stadium on the road. There's always Yankee fans. And mm. um it's just it's just the way it is. And like I said, you brought up the, the, the term culture. There is a culture there. And uh, Mr. Steinbrenner, when he was, uh, you know, owner of the team, when I was there, it he did everything he possibly could to allow you to win. But he expected you to win, too. And uh, he always said, you know, New York deserves a winner. And, you know, that always stuck with me because uh, the people there live and die every single day on if the Yankees win or lose.
1: What I found interesting too, we kind of talked offline, you know, as a Braves fan, you, you shattered my childhood dreams, you know, several times, keeping us at one. So at least we're not the Buffalo Bills. But uh that Yankees team, people want to like hate them and act like they, you know, they were the evil empire. But that nineties that team and leading up to when you retired, you all had a ton of role players and you got, you guys just clicked. It wasn't like, I felt like in the Yankees in the early 2000s it was more like, let's go out and buy superstars at spots. Mm-hmm. But you're all team. You got like Charlie Hayes, Scott Brocious, people like that. They were good role players and you all blended well.
3: Yeah. And I mean, that. You know, camaraderie and that teams, when I look back, it it was it meant so much. And, you know, you look at the summer of the stars we had, you look at Derek Jeter, you look at Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada. None of those were free agents. Those were all part of the Yankee organization. I mean, they went out and, and signed some free agents. And it seemed like there for a while, everybody they brought in was a perfect fit. But I tell you what, it, it, and Mr. Steinbrenner paid extra money to keep that team together. And that was another thing that I really appreciated. You've seen it over the years in other sports where teams will win and then they disassemble the team and it's gone. But he, uh, he kept those teams together year after year and gave us a chance to win. And, you know, as you're going through it and you're winning, you know, we won four out of five years. You, you almost take it for granted that, that this is what it, But yeah. now when you look back, you, you, you understand how special that time was.
0: So as you moved into broadcasting, is there anybody that you, you modeled your, your kind of game after now? Like, is there anybody that you studied film on and tried to like get your chops ready to, to emulate that? Or did you just kind of come up with your process? I
3: I think you you try to be who you are. Uh, I mean, I'm not the the guy that takes notes and numbers and analytics and all this stuff in the stadium. I mean, baseball to me is something to be enjoyed. And if I can get some thoughts on, you know, what's going through a player's mind or something great, but, uh, uh, I don't even keep a scorebook, and they always give me a, a lot of grief about that. I watch the game. I, I, I try to remember what happens. Uh, but, you know, when I look back at, at being a child, I mean, it was all about, you know, Keith Jackson and Kurt Gowdy and, uh, you know, Jim Cott. And, you know, those were the guys that you would listen on TV. So I, I guess those are the guys you kind of emulate. But, um, um, you know, I try to, to just have as much fun as uh, the fans would watching the game. I got pretty good seats.
0: Were you a Seinfeld fan before you were on the show?
3: (laughs) I didn't know much about the show. And believe it or not, my mom and dad watched the show. And when I was asked to do it, uh, I thought, well, you know what? Okay. And then we were out there doing a play in a series in Anaheim. And they actually came, picked me up, went and shot the scene. I went and had a game that night. So, And then when I ended up watching the show, I became one of the biggest fans of the show. I mean, it's the greatest show ever. And to be part of it, again, these are the things that only happen if you play for the Yankees, and uh, believe me, it was—it's uh, still fun today when you flip her to the channel and like, oh, that's the episode I'm on. But uh, a lot of people come out, and the fathers will say, "Hey, you know what? I remember this play you made in '98," and then the wife will say, "Oh, yeah, I remember Seinfeld." So they're two different, two different, right. two different angles.
0: Who, who did better on Seinfeld, you or uh, Bernie Williams and Jeter whenever uh, Costanza was trying to teach him how to hit home runs? Yeah,
3: I, you know what? Bernie and Jeter, Jeter's always pretty good on camera, so I, I'll leave that one up to you. But uh, we have a lot to <laughs> do that. Stuff. That's a very good answer.
1: <laughs> hey, we know you're busy. It's doubleheader. You got a lot on your plate today. But we appreciate you coming out and talking to us for a few minutes. But I have one last question. Every kid watching this grew up on blooper tapes, saw the play where you kick it from right field into the infield. So I don't know if anyone's ever did it before or after you. I can't recall it. So
3: (laughs) what was going through your head? How did it even work? All right, I'm going to leave you with this story, all right? (laughs) We're we're in Philadelphia, uh, extra inning game, two outs. Steve Jelts was the runner on second base who, who runs very well. So base hit to me. We're going through a tough time. Base hit to me. I'm thinking, do or die, do or die. I make the play. I didn't make the play. I fumbled it. I fumbled it. I'm thinking the game's over, you know? So I just kicked it. Well, I didn't know that Steve Jelts had slipped going around third base because it was wet that night. And just so happened that the ball went straight and I hit the cutoff man. And this, uh, the funny thing is my daughter doesn't, they, she doesn't really remember me playing, but she sees those bloopers all the time every year. So that's what she remembers me as a baseball player too. But, you know, I kicked and punted in high school. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't (laughs) know. See, there's inside I was very lucky the ball went straight because if it had gone sideways – we, I might not be talking about a career.
0: <laughs> so are you more of a toe kick or, he, or a side of the foot kick? when you do
3: No, that? I was a toe guy. I had the flat Ooh. front foot like George Blanda, man, right on, right, right on. Man,
0: that's tough with a baseball. I'm not going to lie. That, that got me like <laughs> holding my piggies here. I don't know. Like I said, I,
3: I think I was very lucky that
0: night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Well, hey, we know you, you're an extremely busy guy. And again, from bottom of our heart, we appreciate you just giving us a few minutes, man. It was just fun to hear a couple of those stories and, I'll tell you, I, I did like your scene with Kramer a little better than, you know, because hitting the long ball. So I, I'll give you that. Right. And I uh, appreciate your time in Cincinnati. Love it. You're still giving back to the game, even though it's with the evil empire. But we'll we'll forgive you for that, man. <laughs> but, hey, thanks so much for coming on, brother.
3: All right. You guys be well, man. It was fun talking to you.
0: Hey, thank you so much, Paul. <laughs> Well, while we love talking baseball and it is May, it's it's almost Memorial Day. Like, I know this weekend I'm working on Memorial Day, but hopefully you guys have nice barbecues or cookouts or something. You got any plans? Uh, I'm going to be smoking something, but I don't think I'll be going anywhere. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to smoke. What, is, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> that's kind of uh, ended there. Uh, smoking he's...
1: some meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to be smoking anything. No. I am going to enjoy the three-day weekend.
0: I don't know sit what outside that's like
2: without a shirt on and feel feel the sun.
0: I do I'm that every use. morning oh, my. on my back deck. You should see me. I look glorious.
2: See when it's a. <laughs> A holiday weekend, I'm like ah, enjoy cookout
0: that sort of thing. Chad's like, oh, cool. I get to work. Yeah, I get to work extra hours. In fact, extended hours. While you guys get a day off, I work even more than ever. It's fantastic. Ah, uh, no, no, it's not. It's not fantastic. I'm just gonna quit talking. Anyway, the NBA playoffs have started. And we're watching a game right now, and it looks like the Bucks are just going to roll over the Heat. Everybody remembers the Heat in the bubble doing a little damage last year. I don't think that's happening this year. I
1: mean, the defending Eastern, Eastern, Conference.
0: Eastern Conference
1: champion Heat is getting Gary Go down three up.
2: You know, what I don't get about the Heat in this series is that they weren't willing to trade Tyler Hero at the deadline to get like a superstar. But Is Tyler Hero
0: like, worth a superstar?
2: Well, they were so high on him after the way he played last year, and he's getting like 18 to 23 minutes a game for a first-round pick who was lit it up last year, and you weren't willing to trade. All
0: right, so I, I do have to start here that I told you the Lakers and the Nets will both not make the finals. I still feel okay about the Lakers. The Nets are making me a little nervous, although they are playing a very undermanned Boston Celtic team. How do you guys feel so far about those two teams?
2: I feel really good about my Nets pick because they actually showed up. Kyrie learned the earth is not flat. No, he and still thinks that. They're going to
0: sweep the Celtics. <laughs> it's easy to sweep somebody off a flat surface. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'll say this. The Lakers Sun series is really interesting to me. Of course, I'm going hardcore for the Suns. JC plays there. I'd like to see Chris Paul make a run of the playoffs, get the credit he deserves. But after the first couple of games, Paul only played 23 minutes in the second game. And he's uh, he's got that busted shoulder, man. Yeah. Like,
0: isn't that what happens? Like, playoff time, Chris Paul gets hurt. Every year. Every year. Now I will say that uh, you know the LeBron flop fest uh, is, is in full force now. Like, and I know we've put some stuff out there talking about that too. Like, it's all well deserved, is it not? At this point, he's asking for it. It's it's all on him. I
1: like the post Biggie put out there today. I believe it was Biggie. Somebody hit him with a piece of popcorn, and he just flops straight to the ground <laughs> like a fish. But we'll talk about the everything popcorn. Anything that he does, like he's got a bullseye because of how uh, vocal he is. And he he just I don't know the arrogance I guess is you know it
0: went yeah. the wrong way I don't know and people are like firing back at us about like will Jordan flop too and like they'll find like five times over a fifteen year career where he did it but like with LeBron it's all the time five now.
1: times in a series yeah
0: when well, it's not a, once that. a game
1: uh it was against the
0: Pistons a lot of it so they yeah, were those are trying to murder you yeah we'll just find the picture where Jordan's laying on the ground crying because somebody closed, like gave him a JBL clothesline from hell. I love to see him,
1: you know, like come to the future, like you know, back to the future, the Pistons and they just show up on the court to play the Lakers and I would love to see their expressions. My
0: my favorite thing over the the past week was, you know, you see the flop or not a flop, the fall, the foul that KD took. Yeah, that was interesting. He hit the ground hard. I mean, he hit it real hard and everybody gives KD a hard time about being this certain type of player and he got up a lot quicker than LeBron has.
2: I like the uh Meme I saw about how long LeBron was on the ground with an eye poke, as opposed to Pilar, who oh, took yeah. a to, fastball
0: to the to nose. The face. And he had reconstructive plastic surgery. To no, face. but I'm not laying on the ground that long because I'm a man. I'm a 40. <laughs> what happened?
2: By the way, we all know this already, but there's a hockey player whose name I cannot remember right now.
0: It's probably Russian.
2: Who took a uh, puck to the leg, broke his fibula, ah. and he never went to the ground.
0: You can break your fibula from a puck shot? Those things will come 100 miles an hour. Good God. No wonder I don't watch hockey. Mm. It's just fear. Mm. <laughs> who did he play for? Uh, one of the playoff teams. <laughs> okay. Oh, <wow. laughs> uh, I did watch like 15 minutes of the Vegas uh, and whoever they were playing. I was following the pins. That's kind
2: of the guys I like. Crosby, Malkin.
0: That's only uh, because of Bonehammer. are just following his influence. Yeah, pretty much, but they're out of the playoffs now, so now I don't know what to do. All right, so let's talk about playoffs. We were talking NBA, and Mr. Brown, you and I, or at least the three of us, we were probably texting a little bit over the weekend how nice it was to see fans back in MSG.
1: I was thinking about that today, and it's amazing.
0: There's the Mecca not- of basketball.
1: There's nothing like Madison Square Garden, and not only that, like let's just be real about it. We have a hard time talking NBA, but if it were – if. If they could just fast-forward straight to the playoffs, it's a whole nother dynamic, and the intensity has went up. Like, this uh, Knicks and Hawks series is going to be one of the best first-round series, in my opinion. It's fun, man. You I'm got, watching it. But you got D-Rose and Trey Young just jawing. Yeah.
0: and Trey Young's jawing with everybody.
1: Right. But, like, you now you got Thibs and D-Rose coming to the Knicks. They're both kind of reinventing themselves, giving them the toughness they need to add to Rand- what Randall's doing. And Knicks fans love that toughness. I love so.
0: Julius Randle, by the way. Right? I mean, like, how can you not?
1: I mean, it's crazy. Like, but this toughness they're giving them—it's—it's going to be fun to watch.
0: And, and the fans, so having the fans back. So you—you you were like, you were texting the other day. It's like, man, I got chills just watching this, right? Because there was fans back, and we haven't watched a basketball game, be it college or NBA, where you had a packed house. Let alone MSG New York playoffs. And it's just – it's out of control. And Trey Young and the fans, that is a battle I would pay money to see. It's been phenomenal so far.
2: I feel like I'm back in high school. I've got Spike Lee on the sidelines going nuts with the opposing
0: team's best player. <laughs> I didn't player. see Reggie Miller throwing up the choke sign yeah. or something. But, you know, did you see uh, – I, I, I don't know if I sent it to both of y'all. I think I sent it to you. The They handed out flyers for everybody to chant, Trey Young is balding. I did not see that. It is true. It's <laughs> he, damn true. He is. like, But I don't know with that hair, man. You can't just shave it. It's going to look too awkward.
1: Canadian Biggie knows how to spot balding. He knows the size. He
2: does. He's known
1: balding he's for at it, least a decade. It's the gospel.
2: <laughs> he's got about 28 months left before he can't cover <laughs> that bald spot anymore. Do
0: you do anything to maintain this bald head that you have, or is it just the way it is now? Uh,
2: I wish it would all just finish falling out. I have to shave.
0: All right. How often do you shave this thing?
2: Uh, every morning. Oh, wow. Really? That's dedication. That's so I, I guess- otherwise, I, I get lazy and I look like Krusty the freaking clown. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I, I you can't. should grow it
1: out for Halloween.
2: You should. Well. Uh, if
0: I retire or when I win the
2: lottery, I'm growing a ponytail. We'll
0: go play it so we can enjoy this together. That's all I'm asking. All right. All right so, so anyway, the Knicks fan—they uh, said somebody at Madison Square Garden spit on Trey Young. They did. I haven't uh, seen the guy's name, but he's been. I haven't ever- seen a video. Have you seen a video of I have this? I. Right, but anyway, they say it happened, and they've revoked his, uh, you know, being able to go to games. And then the the you so got to make of
2: Russell Westbrook. Right? Yeah, that's where I was going that's next. Where so, you were going to go. I'll just so, say
0: this before you go on. So let's say Russ- what happened first. Let's say just say what happened first. Right. So for, if you didn't see it, Russ gets hurt and he's going to the locker room and they throw popcorn on his ass. Yep. Right. And this is in Philly. No surprise. It's Philly.
2: Russ is talking about. You walking, you see me on the street. You wouldn't throw popcorn on me. Trust me, Ross. It's feeling you didn't want to go up into those bleachers.
0: No, you didn't. And you know they did a good, they did a good service for holding him back. I, I don't know the fan, but it's not about. He the is one. kind of like a crazy nut job. But it's though. not about the one fan. It's about all of them. Yep. You're not at home brother. <laughs> you know, don't don't jump into the, you know, the Malice at Palace. You know that happened in Detroit, but that was well after the Bad Boy days. Yep. You don't do that in Philly.
2: Yeah. There's certain places you just let it go. Those
0: are the same people who are throwing car batteries on the field at Michael Irvin, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Chatting when he broke his neck. Uh, They booed Santa.
0: So I I get, like, look, you shouldn't throw stuff at players and all that kind of stuff. But, like, isn't it fun just to be talking about fans and how they interact? And the thing is, I don't think the players are used to it now. Like, they've gone through this whole year, and now they have fans heckling them. And Trey Young's great in game one, tells them to shut up in game two. Yeah, they just are relentless, and they just get on. And he's probably happy to go back to Atlanta. But guess what? There's probably as many Nick fans in Atlanta as there are Hawk fans.
2: I just have one other question for you guys while we're still talking playoffs. The Clippers absolutely tank to get into a first-round matchup uh, with the They're Mav. still tanking. And they Luke, don't know how to not tank. Luka is yeah. smacking that ass, man.
0: Have you heard, like, because some of the games haven't had a lot of fans, right? Have you heard Lucas trash talk? About Beverly? Oh, yeah. He's too small. He can't guard me. <laughs> it's fantastic. I feel like Larry Bird's out yeah. there. Yeah. This is great, man. I need more of this. I like, guess the only bright side about not having fans is you get to hear some of that. I saw this meme that I really liked. Luca rocks a Great
2: Clips haircut. He wears a left tackle's number and he just smokes your ass every night.
0: You know what? I can't even get great clips memes because we live in West Virginia and we don't even have effing great clips.
2: <laughs> I don't have hair. Maybe that's why i There's a it
0: sports so much. clips in Barbersville. That's all we got. Everything else, you're going to Walmart to get your haircut. Mm. <laughs> I'm not trying to crap on where we live. It's just a reality. We don't have great clips, do we?
1: I don't care, because I'm going to give a shout-out. I go to Cobb's MF and Barbershop. Cobb's? uh, I go to Bob's Barbershop. There
0: you go. Bob and Cobb. Check them out. (laughs) You you probably can't find them on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did get my summertime haircut. What do you think, guys? I I went a little short. I got got rid of some of that lettuce. You know, it's hot outside. It It gets tough. I just need something a little less micromanaging i'm gonna trim the beard down because it's burning me up i went to a three that's where i'm at i i wouldn't go i mean what do you feel like doing you want to go a three or you want to go four or you want to go smaller i don't know yet dude once they do it they do it, no, I'm, I'm gonna do it myself. oh you're under yourself Are you, you know what i mean when you go to the barber you don't ask them to go ahead and give no, you a little
2: i'll do it myself
0: ah that's ah, so no fun if I still had
2: hair, which meant I was going When's the to last barber? time you've
0: been to a barber? Do you even know what they are?
2: Uh like two thousand and three or four. He takes his sons to him. <laughs> Come on.
0: I don't go <laughs> inside. He drops so. them off at the it's door.
1: Depressing. He stands there and he's like, Yeah, <laughs> he's, you,
0: you cut that." He's hair. breathing on the glass, fogging it up, going, <sighs> I give him money and send him inside. I
2: just look through the window.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I miss this. <laughs> at least it's cheap, right? Yeah. Cut I'm, your own hair. I
2: take my kids to Cobbs. He's quick, he's cheap, and he's an all-American guy.
0: Do you want to go to a Other cheap barber, though? Is that like how you... I don't know. He
2: does a great
1: job.
0: All right, as, as long as he does a good job. I just wouldn't say my first way to describe a barber is he's cheap. Anyway, all right, anything change about... You guys still think Lakers, Nets, is that it? Nets, and
1: I th- I already said last week, I think it- the
0: Suns are going to beat the Lakers. I- I'm with you. I just wish our boy Javon Carter would get some playing time, especially with a CP3 with the uh, busted shoulder there.
2: His time's coming. He's just got to be ready for it. Mm. All right. It's playoff yeah. moment.
0: So have you watched more NBA in the past week than you have all year? Absolutely, I have.
2: It's, well, it's great. Like one of you guys said earlier, can't wait till you know, playoffs get here. Intensity goes up. More people watching right now are us being more interested. We're just like the players. They don't give a crap about the regular season. Why should we?
0: <laughs> well, let, let's transition about to what people watch. So I know Mr. Brown's not a big golf fan, and neither are we really necessarily, but we do know that the PGA Championship drew more ratings than any of these playoff
2: games. It did. It killed the NBA on Sunday. Why? Well, they say you go woke, you go broke. That might be part <laughs> of it. I think the other part of it is that uh, you had Lefty out there who is a lovable figure, whether he's winning or losing. Yeah,
0: everybody wants to watch Phil. Yeah.
2: Tiger not being there and the ratings being as high as they were kind of surprised me because typically whether Tiger's in contention or not, people watch just to watch Tiger.
0: Right, but Phil was about to break a record. Oldest still ever to win a major. Come Sunday, everybody was tuning in. Yep, And that's what happened. And Phil did it, man. And. Then we see the picture of Phil on his boat, like just sipping Mai Tais or whatever. Like he's just soaking it in, man.
2: I saw this uh, story about Phil Milkeson and he went to somebody's wedding and one of the guys there was giving him a hard time about the matchup between him and Tiger where they did the uh, 10 million, 9 million winner take all sort of thing. And he said, you guys hyped this up forever. I want my $29.99 back because you hyped it up and you guys couldn't make three birdies between the two of you mickelson had a couple in him and he looks at him throws a hundred dollar bill at him and says i won ninety thousand of these yesterday take this one and shut the f up
0: phil's what how old is phil he'll be 51 in like a month all right so so with golf you would think like 51 you can still be like a major competitor but that's really really not the case like these young guys win so you're 51 and you, you walk you know what four miles, you know, over the weekend? I mean, it's insane. And you're care, you know, you're not carrying your bags, but you're still having to hoof it out there. And he gets the job done, man. So it's great for Phil. My favorite thing, though, that happened out of the weekend was the thing that was not supposed to make air was Brooks Koepka and Rice Deshambo. Yes, the look of disdain on his face just as, as Deshambo walked by. You look. You can try to predict whether or not people really don't get along. I can look at Brooks Kepka's face and know that he does not care one ounce for for Deshambo.
2: does curls with a hundred pound dumbbells.
0: Right, and he takes forever to tee off. Yep. He takes like four minutes to hit one shot. He's like Sergio Garcia on steroids. I, that's actually pretty <laughs> accurate. So, but, but just the he walks by, and they're asking him questions, and he just completely draws a blank. He's like, I don't even, I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, I, what was the question?
2: Uh, I will say this. That 18th, when they were coming down, I know – Kepka was bitching about people being out on the 18th, and he got bumped a couple times. To me, that was great. That whole scene, fans finally back out watching. Well,
0: they asked that. First of all, the picture when Phil won of the fans, it was it was alarming, actually. Just look at it. It was insane. But Phil was like, they asked him about it, how he felt. It. He said, I was a little nervous because you know, there's so many people yep. out. But you know, P, you know, it's golf fans. It, it's not; they're not going to throw popcorn on you. Feel it'll be okay. Worst thing, it's going to happen. Somebody's going to pat you on the back or the shoulder too hard. I would hope so. At least at the PGA Championship. Now, if you're playing at the uh, Odor Eaters, you know, Open in Tulsa, who knows what happens? Sorry, Tulsa. I'm not trying to throw any. Disrespect. I mean,
2: this isn't tennis. There's no Monica <laughs> Seles out there. <laughs>
0: Easy now. I'm digging way into. Wow, the you're area. really digging into the the bad <laughs> stories there with Monica Seles. All right, so we we watched some golf. We had some good stuff there. The NBA playoffs are going on. You know, it's a good time. So it's almost June. It's Memorial Day baseball season. We're we're a little over a month in. And and I got to tell you, you know, the last thing I want to ask you guys, just with baseball, like, has there ever been this many injuries or people take time off this early? This has been out of control for me. Like, there's so many people are just dropping like flies.
1: I don't know if it's more. I mean, I I, I haven't really kept up with that as far as that. But, I mean, maybe it's the condensed season last year. Maybe it's some return to normalcy, you know. So both,
0: right? Like rolling over from last year where you played it, like when you weren't expecting to, and then you didn't have all. I don't know. I mean, but it's it's weird, man. There's a lot of players hurt. I think it's been this way for a few years, though. I feel
1: like there's been more injuries over the last, I don't know, five years. So everybody's soft. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just across all sports. All
0: right, so they're a bunch of wussies. Yeah, I w- think so. Okay, that's fair enough.
1: And maybe a little bit elevated. Maybe.
0: I mean, you know, it's only May, so you're I right. think
1: maybe it's because it's been more star players that you feel the hit more.
0: I mean, I can't even feel the pitching staff in fantasy.
1: Yeah. It's terrible. I traded for DeGrom, and he had – Five innings in the last, uh, like, three weeks. I, you it's know, like I was, I was listening
0: to then. the radio all the way down here, and they said the Mets have shut down. And I was just waiting. on them say, They said, send a guard. Yeah. But I was expecting them to say, DeGrom, just because of so you. He was going to text me and go, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> mm. That's all I had. Terrible. Uh, you know, the good thing is, um, you know, at least you get to go to baseball games, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm taking pride in being a bigger Reds fan than you are. I mean, I'm a little jelly. You know, I ain't going to lie, but, you know, when I only get, like, a day off here or there, I can't really make it. But it is you what could. it is. You can
1: always do what you want to do. Well, they play I at risk of divorce. In the of the week too. Yeah,
2: that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they do play in the middle of the week. It's hard to get the wife to want to drive three hours to a baseball game when it's, you know, 85, 90 degrees outside, and we can drive 10 minutes and go swimming all day. Mm. That's the problem. Now, the problem is that you're taking her with. Just leave her at home. You want to go? Sure. No, you're working. So don't even, don't even lie to the people. Don't lie to our fans.
1: We can, we- I, I, I can work like the dude from EuroTrip. All I got to my cell phone, man. We'll go. <laughs> I'll take you, care of
0: it. You're dropping Euro Trip, and I bet half the people listening yes. don't know that 20 movie. 20-year-old movie. That's okay.
1: It's great. Is that a... Uh, he works from his cell phone while he's touring Europe, and then he left it, the office.
0: Is, is Euro Trip... Uh, uh, what's he, is that the one with Matt Damon at the yeah, beginning? Well, Scotty doesn't. Scotty doesn't? No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> Fiona and me. <laughs>
1: Do it in my van on Sunday. And everybody says,
0: Scotty doesn't know.
1: <laughs> now, now now you got to Google Trip. Euro-trip.
0: Yeah, EuroTrip is a good movie. It was a sequel, actually, of Road Trip, which had the A-list celebrity of Tom Green yes. in that original lineup. But speaking of, let's wrap up the show. Let's just go ahead and call it a show. Any movies, any pop culture, anything? I know my wife has dropped me crazy for A Quiet Place 2 that's coming out. Did you ever see the first one? It was actually pretty good. It had Jim from the office, but you know he's not going to be in the second one.
2: Uh, here's what I'm
0: looking. <laughs> <for>. Spoiler <laughs> alert, everybody! We should all
2: watch and discuss next week. Uh, Mick Foley's A and E box. I haven't seen no, it yet. No, it comes out this Sunday. Oh, uh, it's this Sunday. Yep.
0: I didn't. Who was this last Sunday?
2: Oh, uh, last Sunday was that? Was it
0: Warrior? Uh, Is that Roddy who was? Piper? No, we already saw that one. I think it was Warrior. Okay. I don't know. You know he changed his name from Jim Helwig to Jim Warrior just Didn't so I he know could that. be Mr. Warrior. Mr. Warrior. Yeah. You, know, you know what's amazing is you know he comes back to WWE, gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, and has a heart attack on Tuesday after all. Like that's it. Like he's just he had to he had to go back to WWE so he could die. That's terrible.
2: I don't know why I'm such a big Mick Foley fan. I just
0: am. Because he's a fat guy. That did not go to the gym, but yet he could do all the things you wish you could do. Yeah. Would you let me throw you off a 20-foot cage? Well,
2: if we were wrestling and I already had like a million-dollar purse guaranteed, yep. I don't know what he got made. what what he banked like back then. I bet you I, he banked at least a quarter million off that match.
0: Okay, No. No. They were headlining. No, they weren't. Who was headlining? That was uh, Kane and Steve Austin. Oh,
1: you're right. So, speaking of wrestling and movies to watch, Batista
0: has a new movie out. I haven't watched it yet. My wife really wants to see it. Army of the Dead. Have you seen it? It's number one overall on Netflix. And I don't mean a lot. Have you watched it? It's got good reviews. I haven't watched it yet. You haven't? All right. So, none of us have watched it.
1: Because my wife don't like zombie movies, so I'm probably going to have to watch it by myself. Really? Yeah. Like,
0: she won't even concede a little bit? (sighs) Sometimes.
1: But, like, (laughs) she thinks they're all the same. And to me, I I just watch it to see how they did the movie. I actually pull a Chad there.
0: Are you? (laughs) I appreciate that. That's, the, that's Mr. Brown zombies, saying I'm critical. And I
1: want to see how they did it.
0: So it's you like, want to see if they're like slow zombies, fast zombies, yeah. smart I, zombies. Did, did you
1: like World War Z or no? I mean, it
0: was okay. I
1: figured he'd say
0: that. I mean, it was okay. Asked.
1: It was fine.
0: I mean, I'm not saying I hated it. I didn't love it. You
1: know, I liked it because it was a different spin on zombie movies like it kind of showed you how different countries were preparing for the end of the world in different ways bringing religion into it and other countries did it different ways I thought it was cool
0: yeah I just the only thing I didn't like about it was at the end of it I felt like it kind of got muddled together if it would have been like 15 minutes longer probably been a better movie yeah. that's all Okay, but I'm not hating on it it's a yeah. fine movie but like
1: she won't even watch that even though I was trying to tell her it's a little bit different because it's actually got like storylines it's not
0: just zombie killing people yeah did you like uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake back in the day?
1: Ving Rhames, is that yeah, yeah that one I love that one.
0: So why why did you like it so much?
1: I mean, I didn't I I like horror movies, first of all. Okay. And like I don't know. I like Ving I like him too. He's a great I love him and oh, Ving and Rhames? He's, yeah, he's great. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought the crazy part was uh an old girl that was pregnant got bit in the mall. Oh, I forgot about that. And then like the babies coming out as a yeah. zombie. Yeah. And like he has to like uh, it's uh, what What's what the uh, dude's name Is a rapper That was his, her boyfriend
0: I cannot Anyways
1: remember. He had to shoot her Was it like
0: Ja Rule Or somebody Yeah maybe but he, had, he had to shoot what We'll say it's Ja Rule He had
1: to shoot her Because he realized She was a zombie And he just put a bullet In her head
0: Because she turned Into a zombie While she was giving birth Right Correct Okay And then the baby Came out a zombie because yeah. Because you know We just want to mess With people That's right <laughs> It's great yeah. Uh So can you make Good zombie movies now Or has it been played out
1: Nah, there's always twists that you know no one's thought of, and technology is always better than ever. So who knows?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I still like the old school Night of the Living Dead and things like that. I, I still I still f with that man. That's good stuff. I don't know. Biggie, you got anything on zombies before we wrap up? <laughs> Watch more
2: movies. If there's ever a zombie apocalypse, I'm gonna find Woody Harrelson. We're
0: gonna hang out. I, I I got all the the guns and ammo you need, bro. Don't even worry about Here's it. Here's the thing, Biggie. You don't have to be the fastest. Just don't be the slowest. <laughs> That's it, man. You ever seen that movie without a paddle with uh, Seth Green yeah, and Matthew yeah, Lillard? It's been a while. And the, the bear comes out, and the guy's taking his shoes out, and he's like, "Why are you taking or taking his shoes off?" He said, "Why are you taking his shoes off?" He said, "I run faster without my shoes." He said, "You can outrun a bear." He said, "I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you." It's true though. <laughs> That's how the zombies Absolutely. work. Oh my God, the meth heads are like out in full force here.
2: That's my only real issue. Should there be a zombie apocalypse, is am I killing the zombies or am I killing the cross lanes walking? I think I don't zombies? know.
0: It might be time to wrap up the show because we just had like a, a massive amount of people pull out the gravel road here in the middle of nowhere. If you're on a gravel road down the middle of cross lanes, West Virginia, it's not a good thing. You're only out here to buy meth from Mister Brown's neighbor.
1: That's right. <laughs> do, do you vaguely, faintly hear them dueling banjos in the background?
0: Right, that I don't paddle faster. They're they're, they're probably not they're probably not playing banjos. They're probably playing Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> Burt Reynolds dead? No, he okay. just recently. I, I will tell you this. I'm gonna wrap up this and the show's over. I was listening to Jim Rome. Y'all give me crap all the time because I've misappropriated people that are alive with people that are dead or vice versa. And Jim Rome was talking about Anthony Mason and how he was afraid of Anthony Mason. He went on this whole thing for a segment. Came back from the segment, realized Anthony Mason was dead. He covered it great because he said, even if he's dead, I'm still afraid of him, you know, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But if Jim Rome can think Anthony Mason is not alive anymore, then you got to give me a little bit of credit back. That, okay. That's you get it. like
2: a 1.7 out of 10 back.
0: I'll, I, I, You know, that's 1.7 more than I had before, so I'll take it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We're going to sign off now and play some NBA Jam. Biggie, do you have somebody you want to roll with here? Uh, we're going to roll
2: with the Sonics beat 26 teams and then the Sonics. So we
0: can unlock, we, we got to unlock some guys, yeah. right? Mr. Brown. Like I know we're ready to wrap up, but who's been your favorite team to play with on NBA jam so far? I've actually went home remote with BJ Armstrong and Pippin. BJ Armstrong and Scottie Pippen. I love it. I got to tell you, I I've liked the Phoenix sun so far with, uh, Barkley and Marley or KJ or whoever it may be.
2: I will say this: He's not commenting right now. But my son loves the Orlando Magic and Scott Skiles. My
0: God, and apparently Scott Skiles
2: is a
1: cheat. I'm good if I never see
0: Orlando Magic again. But
1: also, that 30 assists, Scott Skiles, ain't walking out that time when your son's controlling. But the 30 steals,
0: (laughs) the 30 steals, shot Scott Scott. Skiles. But what Mister Brown's Brown's (laughs) referencing is that Biggie's son does not know what the pass button is. He's just passing the ball. I'm going to shoot it. I'm good. Anyway, we appreciate you joining the show with us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the interview with Paul and Make sure you guys subscribe. Find us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher. I don't know. I can't name all the damn places you can find a podcast. Find us on social media. We're huge on Facebook. We're on all platforms but we always appreciate the feedback. And the thing that's different about us is we'll listen to you. Like, tell us what you want to talk about. We'll talk about it, but either way, We'll be back next week. We might have another special guest. We'll see how it goes. We're going to have a guest regardless. We're just not going to tell you right now how good it is. You'll have to wait and see. But this has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us just for an hour this week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your Memorial Day and stay tuned next week. We'll be back. Have a good one.